In this Easter season, as you read the Bible, Jesus begins to appear. Uh, Jesus didn't make just one appearance after the resurrection. He spent 50 days <laughs> making appearances. Uh, one, of, one of those times, it was 500 people that he showed up with. I mean, it's like incredible. So what people actually got to see, they got to see the glory of Jesus. So they got to see Jesus in his new body. The old body was raised from the dead, mortality to immortal. So people got to see the immortal, eternal body, uh, person of Jesus on the earth, which is a forerunning of us. And so this morning, we're going to backtrack a little bit, uh, but we're going to talk about the glorification of Jesus. You know, how did he get to this place of glory? So I just want to remind you, one, you know, Noel preached on Palm Sunday. He really did a great job of contrasting the different pathways to glory. And then he, you know, he kind of drew, drew us to the squares and towns where you have all the, the generals and the, victor, the victorious people on horseback. And, you know, we're all thinking, oh, well, they got, they, they got victory because, I mean, they're glorified because they're victorious. And they, they won and da-da-da. Um, Noel, by the way, and... Family, they're safe in Salem, so they all made it. So praise the Lord for that. Well, Jesus' path to glory wasn't through, uh, in the worldly sense, victory. If you just look at it through the eyes of the world, on the day that Jesus died, those that opposed him religiously would have said, We won. The Roman government who had the authority to execute him, would have said, we got him. No more insurrection from that guy. We won. So in many ways, from the world's point of view, Jesus was glorified through defeat. So I just want to remind you, his pathway to glory starts with betrayal. He was betrayed. He was totally rejected by both Judas and then by the people on the planet who had the longest history of relationship with God, the people of Israel that God had been revealing himself through for 2,000 years, they rejected him. That, that shows us that religion will always fall short. It, if it wasn't, it, it's not about Judaism, it's about people. And then he was condemned. Now, not, it's one thing to be Betrayed, it's another thing to be condemned. We want you to die. Wow. Wow. And then it's another thing to die. <sighs> Crucified was like horrific. Like crucifixion, again, it just demonstrates the 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 depravity of human beings to come up with these ways of executing people. That are just horrible. And death. I mean, Jesus was buried. So his pathway started. It doesn't look so good. You start going down his pathway, but then it turns quickly. Resurrected from the dead. Oh, wow. And then ascended to the right hand of the Father. May the 10th is Ascension Day. We don't make enough of that. So mark it on your calendar, Ascension Day, a day to remember, wow, the followers of Jesus watched Jesus 
depart. <laughs> wow. And then the angel said, what are you all standing around looking at? Well, why wouldn't we? We've never seen anything like this. He'll come back. So we're now waiting for Jesus to come back. Well, in that pathway, we have two brothers, James and John. They're also apostles. And they threw, as we've traveled through Mark 10, there is this conversation about the kingdom coming, about entering the kingdom, uh, about children in the kingdom, about religious in the kingdom, about Jesus. I mean, I, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be condemned. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. Through all that conversation, these two brothers, they heard something about the glorification of Jesus through his death, through his, through his resurrection, and they really want to get in on his kingdom rule as soon as possible. They've heard it, and they want in on it. So that's Mark 10, verse 35 to 45. Would you like to stand with me? and Let's read this together. It's kind of fun to read it together. James and John... Zebedee's son came up to him. Teacher, we have something we want you to do for us. What is it? I'll see what I can do. Arrange it, they said, so that we will be awarded the highest places of honor in your glory. One of us at your right and the other at your left. And Jesus said, you have no idea what you're asking. Are you capable of drinking the cup I drink and of being baptized in the baptism I'm about to be purged into? Sure, they said. Why not? Jesus said, come to think of it, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized in my baptism. But as to rewarding places of honor, that's not my business. There are other arrangements for that. When the other ten heard of this conversation, they lost their tempers with James and John. Jesus got them together to settle things down. You've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, he said. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. But it's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held in hostage. Thank you. Have a seat. As you look at that passage, as you think about it, I think there's just a few things that we could say just up front. Number one, Jesus wants those who follow him to aspire to leadership in his kingdom. When you start following Jesus, you have the potential of leading others in following Jesus. So every time that you invite someone else to follow Jesus with you, you have become a leader. That's the way Jesus set it up. So for James and John to aspire to be leaders when Jesus is glorified. See, they've got that. When you come into your glory, after you're resurrected, we, we know there's an age to come. We know there's a kingdom. And they knew, we know that. And we aspire to be on your right and your left. We, we really want to be leaders. Jesus does not look, oh, you guys, what are you? You're not very humble. He's, no. 
He's not reprimanding them at all. He wants us to aspire to places of leadership in his kingdom. But that, that leadership in his kingdom is really different. Because he says, if you're going to lead, you've got to serve others and not be served. You need to give, give your life for the sake of others. Not expect others to give you their life. So Jesus is saying, I, I want you to follow my I'm, I'm laying down the footsteps of leaders who follow me. And it's going to be a new kind of world leader. And again, I, I don't want to minimize the... But Jesus is asking people to step out onto the world stage to be world leaders. But a new kind of leader. Totally different than what people had observed throughout history. So Jesus, in his greatness, he achieves greatness through serving others. The words, I think, are really powerful here. Jesus does not lord over others. Jesus does not throw his weight around. If anyone ever had the right to do that, (laughs) the one who now has been given all authority in heaven and earth, the one who's been given all authority in heaven and earth, if anyone should have the right to lord over, to throw their weight around, he would, and he's saying, no, that's not how I lead. I lead by serving. I do not tyrannize those who follow me. Now, we saw in Mark, there are times that the disciples are going, who is this guy? You know, they struggle at times with, I am, I'm a, wow. But it's, it's, he's not tyrannizing them. He's not, you know, you either follow me or you're, he's not, he never does that. He's not letting power go to his head. And again, all authority in heaven and earth, is his. And that that does not translate into him elevating himself. It translates in him lowering himself. This is is such a, a different way. We've never seen anybody like this on the planet. Jesus achieves greatness by giving his life as a vicarious gift, that's he's doing that for others. To cover the faults of others. To cover does not mean, I'm just going to cover over your sins. We're going to put a blanket over it. Can't see it anymore. We're going to pretend like, you know, because you can't see it, it's gone. No. The covering that Jesus does of our sins is the paid kind of cover up. I'm going to pay totally what you owe. I'm going to cover your expenses, if you want to look at it that way. I'm going to cover your debts. I'm going to take care of it. Jesus is called the ransom. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many.
The Old Testament, you've heard of atonement. There's a, there's a Hebrew verb for that. Kofir. It always denotes an equivalent. Just as one speaks of covering a fault so that the term is always one of value. The equi- I'm going to cover the equivalent value of your fault. This is like staggering. With this is linked the thought of substitution, which is always present in the Cathar. The idea is not just a simple freeing from a fault, but of its recognition and expiation, its atonement, its, its making reparation in the substitutionary offering. So when you, get, when you start taking that definition and you put that into Jesus, you've got these, for me, they're just loaded words. Equivalent. Value. Substitution. Expiation. Substitutionary offering. Jesus is the ransom, the kofair, always denotes a vicarious gift done for others whose value covers a fault so that the debt is not just canceled, it's totally removed. The offering is always for a human life. So Jesus came to serve, not to be served, and to give his life literally for our life. And so what he is saying about leadership is, hey, James, John, it's great that you're aspiring to be leaders, but you need to understand that leaders in my kingdom will be those that, are, that serve rather than be served. They look more like servants or slaves than leaders. And you will drink the cup that I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with, which means you're going to lose your lives. There's a world system (coughs) that produces leaders. And there's the kingdom of God that produces leaders. And those two systems are forever antithetical. We have got to understand that if we're going to decide to be leaders for Jesus, it means that we're going to be a totally different kind of leader than what the world is looking for. Somehow in our mind, we think, well, we'll just take a really good, solid Christian man and we'll elect them to public office. Guess what? If that person is following in the footsteps of Jesus, serving rather than being served, not throwing their weight around, they're going to be rejected. (laughs) They're going to be condemned. And if possible, they're going to be executed. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't influence the systems of the world, but the way that the systems of the world are influenced is the way that Jesus did it. It's not by election. It's not by being a good old guy. It's by death. So our world will change, but it's going to be costly. 
And those that decide to follow in the footsteps of Jesus are going to have to pay a cost. Until finally Jesus returns and every system on our earth, regardless of how good we think that system is, it does not match the kingdom of God that's returning. And every system will be done away with. There'll be only one left. The governing system of the kingdom of God. That's what will be left. There'll be no other government. There won't be leaders that aren't like Jesus in the kingdom that's coming. So in anticipation of that kingdom that's coming, we have leaders now. We recognize leaders now. And we recognize leaders who are striving to follow in the footsteps of Jesus to serve, to not be served, to not lord it over, to not tyrannize. And yes, even leaders that are willing to lay down their life for those that are following. And that's happening in our world. And that's the way it's going to be until Jesus returns. So this morning I want to do two things as we try to like kind of rub this into how do we live this out. Um, I, I want to celebrate the leaders that serve here. Uh, but at the same time, hello, Jesus is saying, uh, as a leader, are you willing to drink the cup that I drink? And are you willing to be baptized with the baptism I'm being baptized in? Are you willing to serve and not be served? Are Are you willing to refuse lording it over others? Throwing your weight around. And following Jesus is one thing. Leading as Jesus leads is another thing. And it's not like leading in a Kiwanis club. As good as Kiwanis is. So I want to thank God. I really want to thank God. And for the, if, you're, if you're here today, some of us are, some of us are not. I want you to stand up when I call your name. I'm really celebrating today our community leaders, Christy and Otto. Andrea and Kevin. Steve and Mary Ann decided to go to the beach. What a weekend to go to the beach. (laughs) Would you all stand up and stay standing? Susan and Scott. Thank you. Then we have some others that are ministry leaders. Again, I just want you to stand if you're here in the room. Molly's not because she's back with the kids. Shana, Amber, Eric. Nate. Adam and Lindsay. Claudia, Stephen, Inga and Jeff, Cindy and George, Sylvia, Aaron and Ben, Becca and Ryan. So I'm celebrating all of you because I think that you're people who serve. You serve our community. 
You serve your families. You serve others in your neighborhood. You serve uh, people in classrooms and places where you work. I do believe that you would give your life for the sake of others. I believe that you refuse to lord it over others. You're not, you're not just using your position of power to tell people what to do. I used to do this or the consequences for not doing this or that. Don't confuse that with parenting. <laughs> and I think that you also are like James and John, that you want to get in on Jesus' glorious kingdom rule as soon as possible. And that rule has started now. We're not waiting for it to, to start. It's started. And you're in on it early. So uh, I also want to invite uh, Marinelle. You would, you would represent a, a leader as well. So we're celebrating you. So would you stand as well? Is there anybody else uh, unknown to me doing, you know, ministry that, uh, you know, is not just directly here within our community? I mean, Brian, Laura, you're, you're intending to do that. So y'all are welcome to stand as well. So this morning, uh, this, I, this, I just want this to be a reminder that we're leading and we will continue to lead and encourage one another to lead in the way that Jesus leads. And we're going we're to have to help each other refuse to lead in the ways that the world leads. We, we want to lead as Jesus leads, which means there's sacrifice involved. You know, nobody's getting paid big bucks. You know, there's not, you know, there's not a big platform for you. <laughs> You're serving. You're washing feet. You're being rejected. That's all servant leadership following Jesus' feet. So I want to say thank you. And then I want to invite all of us just to pick out one of these and just tell them thank you. And then just pray a prayer of blessing over them for their continued leadership in our community and in other ministries. Is that, can we do that? Is that fair? If you're aspiring to leadership, you're not yet quite there. You know, you're thinking about, well, yeah. You know, we want, we, again, aspiration to leadership is a great thing, but also you have to count the cost. So maybe today will help illustrate that as well. All right. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for those that are leading as they follow you, who are willing to serve and not be served, who are willing to lay their life down for the sake of others, who are willing to refuse to lead in the way of the world and to lead in the way of your kingdom. So, Lord, we would ask now that you would come, that you would encourage and that you would empower our leaders for the service that they're providing our community and other ministries around our city. Empower us now as a community to bless them and encourage them in your name. Amen. So I just want you to encourage you to go to at least one leader. You can, you can go around the room if you want. And, uh, and let's pray and encourage those that are leading. Okay?
Thank you.